All right, guys. Hey, Joe McCall here, REI in Your Car podcast. This is uh, part two of my uh, confession series of how I just paid off a $520,000 federal IRS tax lien. And it's humiliating. It's embarrassing. It's hard to talk about. But I'm bringing it up for a couple reasons. Number one, the biggest reason, I think, is so that it might maybe help some of you guys you know number one or one a would be it encourages you if you are facing tax problems like you're not alone because i thought i was the only one and i found out later i'm not but also one b it's so that um you can uh, avoid the same mistakes i've made okay if you're in the business whatever if it's doing deals or selling cars or selling digital marketing internet marketing stuff if you want to not be an idiot like me, then pay your taxes, right? Simple as that. The other main reason why I'm sharing this is just to, you know, I, I feel like this is kind of weird and I don't know if this makes any sense and I'm probably just, this is self-serving and it's just my pride because I know it's not about me, but yeah, I'm really embarrassed about it and I kind of want to share it publicly before one of my haters finds out about it and sh and shares it publicly. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'd rather reveal it now to the world, especially since I've paid it off. But I want to reveal it, you know, now and then not later when somebody does an expose on this quote-unquote guru scam artist, Joe McCall. You know, and that's something that honestly is something that I'm really frustrated with, you know, like... Sometimes what I do is in reaction to or in fear of what the trolls might do or say or think of me, right? Like, you know, I, I shouldn't be worried or concerned about what people think of me. I really shouldn't. And, and when I first found out about this IRS, this serious tax problem that I had, you know, I was afraid of getting, in, you know, going to jail and what were they going to kick me out of my house? And like, oh, I was afraid of all that. But I was also afraid of like, what are people going to think of me? You know, what are my students going to think of me? What what are my peers going to think of me? What are my enemies going to think of me? And, like, what if somebody finds out? And it's so frustrating, like, when I'm doing a live webinar and I'm worried about somebody seeing my, you know, or, or podcast or I'm doing, because I do a lot of things live, and what if somebody sees the address of my home and then they look me up and they see that I have these IRS liens attached to my home? You know, and in fact, somebody out there probably already has I'm you know I'm almost positive of it like somebody already knows and they're like nice enough not to hold tell the whole world about it but all right so anyway uh, I want to talk about in this podcast episode some of my biggest lessons learned through all of this and this is not in order of importance this is just kind of at the top of my head as I was writing down some things that I want to share what are my biggest lessons learned and one of the top ones is don't mess with the IRS, okay? You, I don't care if you're a libertarian, conservative, liberal Democrat, if you think, you know, that, um, I, that, that the IRS is illegal and, and you should, no one should have to pay taxes or we're paying too much taxes or we're not paying enough in taxes. Like, most people listening to this probably don't think that, but there are some people that are, that do. And, but 
here's the thing. You don't want to mess with the IRS. They are all powerful. Next to God, there's like God and then the federal government. <laughs> okay? And they, they have the right to take everything away from you if you don't pay your taxes. So you need to take it seriously. You need to take it seriously, which leads to my next big lesson learned is profit first. Any of you guys that have not gotten that book yet, and not just gotten it because I know some of you get it, you don't do anything with it, or you read half of it like I did, you need to read the entire book, okay? And you probably, if you're like me, you're going to think, well, I'll just do it myself. No, you need to hire a bookkeeper or an accountant to do it for you, to implement it for you. That book is so good because most of us operate like a checkbook business. Like we just look at the checkbook and say, all right, well, this is what I have left. This is how much money I have. This is how much I can spend. Absolutely wrong. It's false. You know, the whole premise of the Profit First book is most people look at revenue minus expenses equals profit. And we need to reverse that. We need to look at revenue minus profit and then minus taxes, minus paying yourself. And then whatever's left over is what you have for overhead and expenses. And if you follow that model, your business will always be profitable. And so when I finally woke up and I got slapped across the head a couple, three times before it finally hit me and dawned on me what my problem was, I'm like, okay, all right, all right, all right. I surrender. I give up. I'm going to do it. And so I read Profit First again, but this time with the mind of I'm going to do it. And I realized I can't do this. I don't trust myself. I'm not good with numbers. And I think the other big lesson in, in, in this is recognizing your weaknesses and what you're good at and what you're not good at, right? So I immediately hired somebody and I paid her a lot of money. And I said, I want you to implement this for me and don't let me even swayed you other, otherwise, okay? So every dollar that started coming in, we would put, it was almost 25, 35% to taxes and it was paying my current taxes. The next thing I did is I put myself on a payroll. So instead of just withdrawing money from my business whenever I needed it, I started putting myself on a paycheck. And I didn't put myself on a budget necessarily, but I did spend a lot of time looking at my expenses and I cut out a ton of crap that I don't use or need anymore, got rid of it all. And uh, not all of it, but I got rid of a lot of stuff. And uh, every dollar that came in would go a certain percentage of it. And I think it was like 10 or 15%. It wasn't a whole lot. Well, I mean, it is because it's the gross. It's 10% of the gross or 12, 15% of the gross goes to your current taxes. And so I put myself on payroll. I have an S Corp and an LLC and I don't know how it works. But um, I get paid every two weeks. And so then every two weeks they take out the Social Security and federal taxes and state taxes out of my paycheck. But then I also have to send in a quarterly IRS payment. Oh, I don't know, 20, 30 grand a quarter or something like that. Maybe 40, 50. I don't even know. See, that's the thing. I don't know, but I do know this. It's being taken care of because I've got somebody taking care of it for me. I just look at the end of the year and look at my taxes that I've paid already. And I tell you, it's a huge relief. And then it's the next minute, it's, oh, crap, that's a lot of money. What am I doing? <laughs> but it's a relief in that, oh, it's paid. I don't have to worry about it. Don't have to stress. Yes. Oh, I'm telling you, it's so nice to have it taken care of. My accountant bookkeeper lady also sets aside any money I owe in commissions to other people from deals or, or affiliate commissions and stuff like that. So that's not money I have to take care of and worry about and stress when it's due. Like, oh my gosh, I got to pay this person now. How am I going to do that? Or I got to pay the IRS. So it's just set aside and it's ready. It's there. The other thing is make sure you're paying yourself. 
and uh, then you're paying, setting aside any money for profit. Now, I barely put any, if any, money into profit simply because I had this huge IRS lien over my head, so I paid that, but you got to get priority straight, okay? And then whatever is left over goes towards your business overhead and expenses, okay? I'm just, I can't stress and emphasize how important that is. So start implementing profit first and then find somebody to implement it for you. Read the book, get somebody to implement it for you, all right? So uh, number one, don't mess with the IRS. They can take everything from you. Number two, implement profit first. And the next thing is, they're kind of related to what I was just saying, but if you don't know your numbers, you don't have a real business. Let me say that again, write that down. If you don't know your numbers, you don't have a real business. So this bookkeeper accountant person needs to give you weekly reports, weekly reports of your cash flow, your balance sheet, your P&L, whatever, your KPIs, like in your business, what are the most important numbers that move the needle in your business? And it's not gonna be 20 different things. It's gonna be two or three different things, okay? For me, in my real estate business, it's the number of, the, the amount of marketing going out the door, the number of leads coming in, so basically my response rate by channel, how many offers and how many deals that we close, okay? So we can look at, all right, well, if I want to do a deal, I know I need to send X amount of postcards or do X number of hours of cold calling or whatever. The other numbers for me in my business is, um, you know, podcast subscribers and or YouTube subscribers, uh, email opt-ins, people that opt in to get some stuff that I'm offering, you know, um, uh, earnings per click for some of my things that I do Facebook advertising for. I want to know, like, what's my cost, CPM? cost per something. I don't know what M stands for. It's like your cost per thousand views or something like that, I think, of your ad or whatever. So, oh, and then the earnings per click. So whatever it is for you guys, right? Or number of applications for coaching applications, the number of people that you convert into that. You need to know your numbers and you need to have somebody tracking those numbers every week for you and giving you a report. Maybe it's once a month you sit down with your bookkeeper, accountant, run through the numbers. You know, if your business is big enough, you need to hire a fractional CFO, somebody you can hire that can, you know, once a quarter sit down with you and review your numbers and your long-term, like an accountant bookkeeper looks at the past, a fractional CFO looks at the future. And sometimes we're, we're so deep into the weeds of our business, we have no idea what's ahead. We're not looking out far enough ahead. You need somebody with more experience than you to to look at your business for you. And this is where, you know, a fractional CFO comes in really handy. A mastermind is really important. Somebody else that can, you know, kind of look at you f- business from a 30,000 foot view and say, hey, dingaling, uh, if you forget, have you, what about this? Have you thought about that yet? Well, you're, if you haven't now, you're going too soon. So wake up. You need those kind of people in your life and in your business to kind of direct you. And and it's almost like when you're bowling and you put the, the bumper uh, things, you know, so the ball doesn't go in the gutter. You need people in your life that will keep the ball in the center of the lane for you. Super important, okay? If you don't know your numbers, you don't have a real business. Oh, this is good. And I didn't understand this till later. It's not about how much you make, it's about how much you keep. It sounds awesome if you're making three or four million dollars a year. It sounds amazing. Oh, that's incredible, I wanna do that. But man, I'm telling you, when you make that much money, you're gonna pay a lot of taxes. I, I won't say who this is, but I think most all of you know this person. They had a huge, well, I don't even know if I can say it, but you're not gonna know who it is. No, you don't know who this is. <laughs> they had a $1.4 million tax bill, all right? now. I know guys that have a $300,000 tax bill. 
uh, that are like, I, I crap. Like I didn't, I don't have the money for that right now. And so then they file extension, they file a couple extensions and then pay off, finally get the money to pay off the old tax bill. And guess what? They're halfway through the year and they haven't paid the current taxes yet. I'll figure that later. Well, um, that's, <laughs> that's not smart. It's not how much you make, it's how much you keep. And again, like I said, there's so many people, I bet you there's a lot of you listening right now who can totally relate to everything I'm saying. Some of you are like, oh man, Joe's an idiot. Okay, yeah, I get it, I am, I was. But it's going to happen to you if you don't pay attention to what I'm saying. You need to start getting smart about your taxes. I used to brag and say, my goal is to pay a million dollars a year in taxes. <laughs> I want to pay a million dollars a year in taxes. Like, you're an idiot, Joe. I didn't get it. But yeah, the, the idea was I would, I would be making $4 million or $3 million, right? But it sucks to pay taxes. Now we should, all right? I, I don't believe like, here's the thing, when, we, when I was going through this, I was praying, God, you know, help me, help me um, find the fish, you know, that had the gold coin. Somebody owed taxes in the Bible and the gospels and uh, the temple tax or whatever. And Jesus told one of the disciples to go fishing and they found a fish and there was a gold or there was a coin in the fish's mouth and they uh, used that to pay the taxes. So I was praying, God, help me find, you know, $500,000 to pay these taxes. And he never did. Like I had to work and sweat and blood and tears to pay it. But I did. It was all with God's help. Totally. But, um, so it's not about you make, it's how much you keep. The uh, next thing is, man, if you're in trouble right now, uh, stop burying your head in the sand and, and praying that the problem will go away. Get some help right now. Do you hear me? Because, you know, we're all independent entrepreneurs, small business owners. We've, we've done, worked real hard. We've had some success. Or maybe you're struggling. Just get started. But pay attention to me because you're going to need to learn this soon. Uh, don't be too proud to ask for help. Okay, I was too proud for too long to ask for help. I was praying and hoping that I could just fix this problem before anybody knew about it. Finally, when I had that come to Jesus meeting, um, and I was crapping in, in my pants and crying. <laughs> Not really. I kind of was, but I wasn't crying. But almost. Like, don't tell anybody. But anyway, I was, um, I called some friends. And I called some really well-known friends that you guys know. And I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And it was amazing. They really, they weren't like condemning me at all. None of them were like, oh, you jackass, you idiot. What were you thinking? They were all like, Joe, you've got this. You know, I got your back. I'm going to... I'm not, I'm not going to help you pay for any of this, but you know, if you ever need anything, I'm here to help you. If you need a shoulder to cry on, but these friends that I had were successful businessmen and women masterminds and other people that I know are just friends with, you know, well-known in the industry and stuff. And I was able to call them and tell them and they were like, all right, let's, let's fix this together. We're going to help you. They gave me advice. They told me to stop doing certain things. They told me to start doing other things. And a lot of that is what I've already been sharing here. So listen, if you are in this situation where, you know, it's already halfway through the year and you've not paid or set aside any money for taxes yet and you've not paid last year's taxes yet, get help now, right? And just start asking, go, go to the IRS and say, listen, I want to take care of this. I want to pay it and I need your help. What do I do? They're going to tell you, well, all right, probably they're going to say, and I'm not giving you tax or legal advice here, but they're probably going to say, get current on your current taxes. That's number one and most important. And then start paying your, your other taxes. I was paying with installment taxes. I mean, it's ridiculous. I, 
I'm not going to tell you how much I was paying a month in taxes to get caught up because it's pretty crazy, um, which leads me to my th final point here. But like, it was a miracle. Like only God could have done this and God, only God could have given somebody as, as dim-witted as me the ability to make that much money. Um, and then on top of my normal living expenses, which are pretty, pretty nice. But anyway, all right, so know your numbers. If you don't know your numbers, you don't have a real business. And then get help if you feel like you're in this situation. And when people give you advice like I'm giving you now, don't ignore it. Pay attention to it, okay? Then the other big thing, the final thing I want to talk about is this. Um, tithe. I can't, I can't explain it. You know, I, I am a deep religious Christian and uh, I love God, but um, I've read this book, The Blessed Life. I read this about four or five years ago and it, The Blessed Life, it's one of the best books I've ever read. I highly recommend it. Written by a pastor out of Texas called Robert Morris and he's not a prosperity gospel guy, okay? So don't think prosperity televangelist guys. It's not like that at all. We don't give to get uh, from God. We get to give and when we give, God blesses us every single time. I mean, it's it's a solid principle, a law of nature, just as real as gravity. When you give to God the first, the best of your produce, the Bible talks about, I'm not going to remember the verses right now, but like, you know, it talks about give to God the best of the first of your produce, you know, and he'll bless you. And he even says to test him in this. Well, I take that seriously. I take it literally. And so through this, we actually got more serious when this happened, we got even more serious and we doubled down on our tithe. And we started giving to God 10% of the gross, not 10% of whatever's left over, 10% of the gross before taxes. I mean, you got to look at this. Do you want a, you want a gross blessing or a net blessing? You know what I'm saying? And so we got really disciplined with this and we, we started giving tithe number one, and then we started giving extravagant offerings. And I'm not going to tell you how much, you know, but like it's significant. It was stretch. It, we were stretched and we were really praying and like I was wondering, God, is this really for real? Like, are you serious? Should I really do this? Like, I don't know. I had a lot of doubts and I had a lot of fears, but looking back, I don't, I don't think it took us. We were supposed to, with the plan that we had, the installment plan we had at the IRS, it was supposed to take us 15 years. I'm sorry, five years to pay it all off on top of staying current with our current taxes. And 2020 was my biggest year ever. I'm making more money than I ever had. And 2021 will be a little less, but yeah, I made a lot of money last year and uh, subsequently, you know, we tithed a lot and I paid this tax lien off in two and a half years, paid it off in double the time. And looking back, I'm thinking, holy smokes, God, thank you. <laughs> I don't look back and think, man, I worked really hard. I don't, I'm not patting myself on the shoulder and thinking, man, I did it. No, it's like, God, you did it. You helped me. Thank you so much. I owe him my life, right? We all do. But there is something principle. There's a principle in the spirit and in the natural physical word. I'm telling you, this is real. When uh, you give and you tithe uh, to help to, to the church, to help the poor, to serve other people, you will get that money back in many different ways. It may, it may not even, you're not getting money back maybe necessarily in money, but you're getting it back in spiritual blessings, in wisdom, uh, maybe eternal rewards. Uh, so, yeah, man, I just want to I just want to encourage you guys, if you've not read that book with The Blessed Life, go get that book. If you've not read the Bible, go read the Bible. The Bible talks more about money than it talks about heaven or hell. Um, there's a lot to be said in the Bible about this stuff, and you need to take it seriously, and you need to... Um, 
yeah, tithe. <laughs> I'm just telling you, tithe. Even guys I know that are not like so, solid Christians who write business books talk a lot about this. You look at some of the most successful people in business, and they were very charitable, and they gave away a lot of their money. I mean, you brought nothing into this world, you'll bring nothing out of it either. And I don't want to die with, with you know um, a trillion dollars in my name, right? I I want to. You can't pull a U-Haul in your um, hearse when you when you're going to die, right? You can't pull it. You can't take any of that with you. So why not use what God's giving you to be a blessing, to be generous? So that when you do get to heaven and spend the rest of eternity in heaven, you're going to have, you know, rich rewards there. Um, So I think like this place here on earth is like a testing ground. And so, you know, by God's grace, not because of anything special that I am, but God gave me the help and the wisdom to take care of all of this. And um, yeah, it's by his grace. Um, And he, you know... If I would have listened to him at the very beginning, I would have avoided all of this. But it's not, you know, sometimes he lets us make mistakes and he lets us trip. And uh, But I look back and think, man, you know, he, he was still with me. He was still helping me. And I learned a lot of lessons. And maybe it's a lesson now that I'm sharing with people. It's going to help many more people avoid these same mistakes. All right. So listen, I appreciate you listening to all of this and letting me kind of bear my soul and confess my sins. Uh, to you, but um, I appreciate all of you guys. I appreciate all you listeners of this podcast and uh, everything that you uh, mean to me. And and, um, you guys, I appreciate you very much. And uh, that's it. So I'm going to be, I'm checking out of here. I'll see you guys later. Uh, Bye-bye.